happy Friday! Minnesota has finally left the Arctic sub-zero levels temperatures and uh, it's been in the 40s lately and we are just so, so thankful for nicer weather. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Today we skipped school and I took the kids to the donut shop in the park and we took a walk with the dogs. So it's all good. Hope it's uh, turning into spring wherever you are also, if you live in the frozen north. I Especially if you live in the frozen north. Right? <laughs> well, thank you for being with us again. We are Nathaniel and Amy White and the Homemade Family. You can find our podcasts and our YouTubes and our all our talks either on Facebook. Uh, visit us at Amy White or Nathaniel White. Um, you can find us on Insight Now on the internet, www.insightnow.co or on The Homemade Family, which is thehomemadefamily.com. You can also find us on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Homemade Family, Nathaniel and Amy White. Um, and you can find us on our on anywhere Any podcasts podcast, are yeah. formed or found. Thank you. <laughs> Help me get through this, Nathaniel. There's a lot to cover. I'm so. trying. Today, today, you guys, we're going to talk about uh, the power of praying parents. We're going to give you some strategies for that, some in, some encouraging stories and things. So we are just going to jump right in. Yes. So, you know, I think every parent, when they bring home their firstborn child, they kind of have a couple of thoughts in common. And one is, oh, my gosh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, I, I know that that was very true for us. Um, hey, Annalie, Hi, you are Annalie. you are right on the, 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 the beginning edge of this this week. You're right on it. Um, but when we brought our firstborn Nehemiah home, um, I, I remember Amy even mentioning, saying at the time, like, I can't believe they're sending us home with this. Like, like I, it, it, how, how can we possibly be ready? Like, we're not ready for this. <laughs> like, well, ready or not you have a baby now. So um, that kind of leads to the second thought that I think most parents have in common is like, ready or not, I, I'm going to figure out how to do my best. I'm going to figure out um, how to do how to do this parenting thing. And it's going to be good. And, um, and from that moment on, every, pretty much every parent does their best. Like we do, we do our best We're, we try hard. We try to show up. We do everything that we know to do. Um, and in all of that, with all of that as background, I want to give you some good news and some bad news. And it's Yay. actually the same thing. <laughs> uh, so it's just, just depending how, how you see it is whether it's good news or bad news. Um, and, and what I'm going to say to you is um, doing our best as parents is actually not guaranteed to be enough. Um, in fact, I think most of the time it's guaranteed to not be enough. And that sounds like bad news, but it's actually good news because of what God actually meant for it to be. And, it, and what he meant was that we did not do parenting alone, that we're not alone as parents, that he is there for us. He is there with us. He is cheering us on. He's not just... Uh, you know, it, like he's not the parent from the sidelines that's like cheering us on. But I mean, he actually has this ability to come into the game with us and help us and strengthen us and make it better than it could possibly be by ourselves. Yeah, I remember 
um, when we started having kids, you know, brought my first kid home and having that shift of understanding of who God was, because if I loved my child this much, then how much did God love me? And as much as I, um, you know, want my kids to run to me for help, and I'm always more than willing to help them, how much more does God want us to run to him for help in those things? And so it gave me a perspective shift of how much God truly loves me, was on my side and was ready to help because honestly, he loves me as much or more than I love my kids. You know, he loves my kids more than I love my kids. And honestly, he knows my kids so much better than I know my kids, you know, right. like, cause yeah. he created them. And so, so just knowing that the Lord has that wisdom and insight and is on our side, it was really great perspective shift. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, you know, sometimes with the Lord knowing us better than we know ourselves or knowing our kids better than we know them. Sometimes, sometimes um, when we are praying for our kids, the place to start is actually in praying for ourselves. <laughs> um, I have kind of a, a fun story with that. And um, I don't know how old my daughter was at the time, maybe five or six. It was, we were working on school. We had things that we were doing and it was like, we had just been butting heads all day, her and I. And I felt like every time I asked her to do something, there was attitude, there was this fight. You know, when you just feel that wall coming from your child, like, and you just are butting heads all day. And so I'd been disciplining and correcting and directing and redirecting and, you know, trying to work this from every angle. And at one point I said to her, I said, I am not taking the pressure off of you until you change your heart. And it was like a God moment. The Lord walked in. I felt conviction come. And it was like, he's saying, you know what, Amy, really? I'm not taking the pressure off of you until you change your heart. <laughs> and I realized that really what I was seeing manifest in my daughter was actually started in me. And I couldn't take care of it in her until I took care of it in me. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is, um, that's why we start with this one. It, it's like, you know, maybe this isn't a box you need to check. Um, it, like maybe you've already worked through a lot of the issues. You've cleaned up your past. Uh, you've dealt with any loose ends, all of those kinds of things. Um, maybe, you know, you just got radically saved and the Lord just washed a whole bunch of stuff and cleaned it all up and, and you didn't need to go clean up stuff bit by bit at a time. But, um, but because this really can influence our kids behavior, like what we, what doors we open spiritually in our lives for good or for bad, it does, um, contribute to those same doors opening in our kids' lives. So like, for example, um, the, so where this comes from in scripture, by the way, in case you're wanting to know. Um, God told Moses, I, I think it's in Exodus 34, it's it, it, 33 or 34, but I think it's 34. He said that he visits the, the sins of the fathers to the third or fourth generation, but the blessings to the thousandth generation. And so we can be the ones who open those doors of evil to the third and fourth generation, or we might be carrying on something that was passed on to us from the first, second, third generation and we're now 
bearing the consequences of, of a generational curse, a generational sin. Um, or we can be the ones who are opening the doors and passing on blessings um, and, and making that start to snowball as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the generational, that's the principle of this. And specifically speaking, what that looks like is, um, you know, say you've got two boys, they're riding the bus together and they're both good Christian kids and somebody on the bus introduces them to pornography in a moment of weakness, they engage with it. And then afterwards they're like, no, that was a bad idea. We don't want to be involved in that anymore. Um, and one of them walks away from that moment completely free, but the other one walks away from that moment with a snare inside of him that, that keeps pulling him back to pornography. And that's an example of a generational curse. It's like, this is something that was opened by a previous generation and now it has come upon him, grabbed hold of him and has a has a measure of control in his life. And so that could be gossip. That could be lying. That could be pornography use. That could be divorces. That could be sicknesses. That could be a number of different kinds of evil manifesting from generation to generation. And so it's just, this is a, a, it's just a, Hey, this is a good idea to check into this, to ask Holy spirit. Hey, I'm seeing this going on in my kid's life. Is there something that I can address in my life, clean it up, close the door. And, and then it actually begins to set them free as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yep. So we are talking about being parents who pray. And step one is sometimes when we are seeing an issue that our kid is really struggling with, that we should probably check ourselves first in our generational line. Like, are we, were we walking in rebellion towards our parents? Are we still walking in rebellion? It's so easy, you guys, to just repent. Like, Lord, I'm sorry that I sowed seeds of rebellion. Yes. Please forgive me in the name of Jesus. I just um, received that forgiveness and I break this off myself and my children. That's a super simple prayer, a super simple way to go ahead and do this. You know, um, so step one is if you're if you're seeing trouble in your own child, maybe look at yourself first, take care of those things, and then uh, you can move on to some other methods of praying. Yeah. Um, praying for your kids. Uh, you know, God is so good. We just, um, yeah, if you want to jump in, you can. Otherwise, I think I know where I'm going. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, You know, praying for your kids doesn't need to be this huge task. And sometimes it's, you know, it's just the posture and attitude of our heart. But we we pray for a couple of reasons. Um, One is we just pray because we want to bless our kids and keep them moving in the right direction in life. But most of the time we're pushed to prayer because of moments of stress that come in. Like all of a sudden we're dealing with something that is beyond our understanding, our wisdom, our ability. We've tried all the things that we know how to try in our own wisdom and strength. And this is like the last, like, Oh God, help us. Give us wisdom. <laughs> right? I, I like what Chris Allison says. Well, it's come to that. It's time to pray. <laughs> right. It's down to that. So many times we try to do it in our own flesh and we're working all these things and we're finally just crying out, God help us. And it's really great because God will, he, he always meets us in that. And there's kind of two ways that the Lord responds with that. And one is that Um, that we pray and God gives us wisdom. And then another reason that we pray is because 
we can't reach the places in our kids' hearts that God can reach. So let's start with that first one, just some examples of God just dropping wisdom. So when our middle born son was probably about four years old, maybe the three to five range, it was a long season, it honestly, was. probably at least a year or two, we were running into a lot of just extreme issues of of meltdowns and temper tantrums and screaming and just rebellion and all these things. And I'm like, you're such a little kid. I just don't even understand. And so sweethearted. And so sweethearted. But it was like yeah. we were having just issue after issue after issue. And, and we had been praying for a long time. And I was crying out to the Lord for wisdom. Like I felt like there was just, if we could unlock the one key that would help this child to be okay and, and, you know, in these things, I'm trying all the natural and earthly things too. Like, does he need just more attention and more love? And does he need, you know, better boundaries? Does he need more structure? Does he need more sleep? You know, like, like putting all the things into play and still it wasn't working out. And I remember this one particular day, again, I'd just been crying out for wisdom and I actually had spent an entire day one-on-one -on -one with this kid. We played games, we read books, we went places, we did things. Cause I was like, I need to make sure that he knows that he's seen and heard and loved and all of this. And we got to bedtime and it was like this flare up of emotions again. And he was crying and I'm like, child, I spent the entire day with you. Like, what do you need? And finally he said, I want to be a baby again. And I was like, why do you want to be a baby? And he said, because then you'll hold me. I mean, that was a knife to the heart kind of moment. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, thank you, Jesus. You finally brought the revelation, which was I was trying to give my kid quality time. I'm trying to give my kid these things. But he's a physical touch kid. And after he was born, you know, a year and a half later, a baby came and another two years after that, another baby came. And so he'd been pushed out of mama's arms off of mama's lap, you yeah. know, and it wasn't like I didn't pay attention or he didn't get snuggle time. It just was different than the amount that he felt he needed. And now I had the key. This kid's needs to just have sit on mama's lap and be held time every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for him, it was just, he used to do this thing. Like, yeah, so. he, he would just pinch your knuckle, your, yeah. your knuckle skin. So even just sitting next to him at the table, we made sure that we arranged our seating arrangement at, at dinner time so that he was next to either Amy or me. And then one of us had a hand down so that he could just pinch our hand while we're eating food. You know, most of the time we didn't need that. Or, you know, we're watching a movie and we make sure he's sitting next to us and we're holding him, not just sitting next to each other like we are. Like, yeah, we'd be like this with <laughs> if him. If you're not a physical touch person, you just don't even think about it. Like you're just sitting together, but you have to tell yourself, oh, I actually have to be, you know, embracing, embracing this one. This or, person. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was it. We were able to find lots of little changes and, and tweaks to make that made a huge difference. So it's not like we needed to take an hour out of our day to have him sit on our lap yeah. and scratch his back or things like that. It, it wasn't that extreme. It was lots of little things that we were able to do, but it required God to just open the heavens and be like, here's some wisdom for you children. Yeah. <laughs> 
And another example of God just dropping wisdom in is like, you know, when you're dealing with a repetitive thing with your child and it's like, I've, we've talked, we've taught, we've corrected, we've set goals, we've done all of these things. And it's just like, Lord, how do I instruct in this moment? And again, Nathaniel just does this all the time where all of a sudden the right words are coming out of your mouth that are shifting their understanding, you know, like you're trying to communicate, trying to communicate, and they're just not getting it. And all of a sudden that little tweak from the Lord and boom, there it is. Yeah. There's been so many times like, oh my gosh, you are in trouble for the 12th time today (laughs) for the same thing. And I am at my wits end. My temper is raw you know, like we've, I think all of us have been there in those moments as parents where like, I've corrected, I've corrected, I've corrected, I've corrected. When are you going to get this, that this is actually a boundary and you have to honor it and whatever it is. And, and in those moments, it's really helpful for me to just, I, I need to go into leader and communicator mode and be like, okay, obviously the way that I've been communicating this is not being understood. So God, give me the way that will be understood. Give me the right words that are going to make sense and actually cause this lesson to sink in Mm -hmm. so that I'm not nagging and harping and wounding by just beating this lesson into them verbally, even if I'm not saying anything mean, you know, um, but just the nagging can be hurtful if you just, if that's all it becomes, you know? So again, it's just, God is with us. He is for us. And he'll help us in those moments. He'll give us the right words to say. Yeah. And then we're finding more as our kids are getting older too. Like we don't always want to be correcting and directing and having all the right words. We actually just want them to hear from the Lord themselves and that he would begin to massage and turn their heart in these things. And so another way that we're praying and the results that we get, like sometimes the Lord gives us wisdom, but sometimes we just pray for God to work in their hearts directly. Right. Like we have the conversations with them, even like, you know, I can lead you to water, but you know, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And there are parts of their life and their heart that are beyond our ability. And again, this just goes back to that partnership piece with God that he knows them. He knows how they're made. He knows how we're made. And he actually wants to partner in this with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, for example, we do, we are very intentional about doing some Bible and devotional time with our kids. Um, when we're not as busy, We'll often even have them twice a day. We'll do we're, we'll be reading some book in the in the evening time, and we'll be reading the Bible in the morning time, and and that's awesome. Like, hey, and I know that that's not even a possibility for a lot of families unless you really restructured your schedule, which maybe you want to do, um, but it's not possible for a lot of families, and and that's okay. Like, um, it's been our habit. We're really intentional about that training, but it's one thing to read scripture and it's another thing to care about it, you know, and it's another thing to actually encounter God through scripture. And, and so we can have these structures that teach them about God, but are they walking with him? And, and so this has become something that we are trying to be really intentional about in praying for and praying over our kids is like, God, we can, we can set them up with all kinds of opportunities to encounter you But if you don't make the word of God come alive, if you don't speak to them out of it, 
if it doesn't turn into spirit and life when they read it, then then there's nothing more we can do. We we can arrange the meeting, but if you don't show up for the meeting, then 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 there's like God, we need you to come. We need you to speak. We need you to touch them. We need you to be real. We need you to move. Like and 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 we do. That that is one of the limitations that we have as parents. Yeah. And I'm prayer that we teach our kids to pray also and that we practice regularly with them. And even every time that we approach our Bible, we just invite Holy Spirit to come and speak to us through his word and to actually change our hearts through it. And so the kids all practice praying that like, Lord, speak to me, Lord, lead me, Lord, guide me. Yeah, <laughs> You know, the same that we are praying and asking for also our kids now understand and pray as well. Yeah. So we want to give you um, five specific, we're going to have to go through these real fast, yeah. five specific strategies for praying for your kids. The first one is um, forgiveness and praying over them while they're sleeping. I don't remember who taught this one to us, but the, the premise of it is basically like um, when you when when they have gone to sleep for the day, then go in to their bedroom and declare over them that you forgive them for all their sins. Like, and, and you do have authority to do this. When Jesus healed the, the lame man of his, forgave the, the lame man of his sins and then healed him. Um, scripture says that the, the takeaway that all the people watching had from that encounter was that, that God had given such authority to men. And even then, Jesus, when he breathed on his disciples in John 20, he said, whoever you forgive, I forgive. And so we go in and we actually declare the forgiveness of sins over our children's lives. And what that does is it breaks the power of darkness to stick. It removes any open door for the enemy to come in and be working in their lives. And so we just I release forgiveness and I cast any form of darkness off of them in Jesus name. And then I say, Holy Spirit, come brood over them like you did in creation and come and create your way in them. Come create your kingdom in them. And, and well, this is kind of skipping into another one, but this is a great opportunity then to also prophesy and declare over them. This is who you are. This is what God says about you. This is the kind of man that you're growing up to be, the kind of woman you're going to grow up to be. Yeah. yeah so. Part of the reason we do this when they're asleep is because um, then their their will doesn't get in the way of what right. you want to do. You know, their spirit is listening, their soul is listening, but their will is kind of disengaged at that point. And so it can actually <laughs> and be- And they a... can't do anything else to like, <laughs> you already forgave them and they can't screw up again while they're sleeping. Right. So it gives time for Holy Spirit to come in and move and, and work inside of them. Yeah, yeah, this is really, really a helpful strategy for, um, especially if you're dealing with any kind of rebellion or things like that in your child, this is a great um, tool just for helping yeah. to soften their heart um, is to pray over them while they're sleeping. Yeah. Or out, your spouse. Out loud while they're sleeping or your yeah. spouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the second one, praying over their stuff. There's, um. There's a, a really interesting story from the book of Acts that talks about how the people like there, there were, God was moving so powerfully in the life of Paul that people would would bring stuff to him, touch it to him. And then they'd take that cloth 
over to the sick person and the sick person would be made well, or the demon would get cast out of that person. And, um, and we've heard a number of testimonies and have practiced this some ourselves of taking something that our kids are going to touch so that like a pillowcase or a special stuffed animal or a favorite shirt or something like that. Um, and just holding that to you when you encounter the Lord, like grab hold of that thing, pray over it, like just hold it to you while you pray. Like as you are worshiping, as you are praying, as you are spending time with the Lord and his presence in your devotion life, um, like that anointing that of God's presence that's on you is saturating that object. And then as you, as you then secretly give it back to your kids without them knowing that you did any of this, then, um, then they come in contact with that and the Lord works through that and brings breakthrough and healing and things like that as well. Yeah. We regularly sleep with their stuffed animals and we do it on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah. And then, um, prophesying and making declarations over them. Um, this is again, super powerful. And a lot of times we do this while just while they're awake, you know, and especially in times when they are in, um, a rebellious funk or something's going on that isn't who they are supposed to be. <laughs> we just begin saying, actually, you're a leader, you're tender hearted, you know, you are so good at taking care of people, you know, we just begin to speak the life over them. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. I was just gonna say, the earlier you can start that, you know, we've mentioned this before, especially in talking about discipline or something like that, like, Hey, what are your hands for? Your hands are for helping, not for hurting. You know, you hit your sister. Does a superhero hurt his sister? No. What does a superhero do? They help, they rescue, they protect, (laughs) you know? And so if you can begin prophesying and declaring, you are a superhero, you're a born leader. You have such a natural gift for this on your life. Like God is with you for these things then it can begin shaping their identity and they begin recognizing when they're acting outside of who they are and that there isn't life in that. That they feel the life on your words when you speak life over them and it's going to naturally draw them back to want to stay connected to those life-giving words. Yeah. Um, next one says, use your healthy soul, guys. Why don't you go ahead and share that one too? Yeah. So anybody that you are intimate with, whether that's a sexual intimacy or a blood family relation, that kind of thing, there, there is something spiritual that happens between the two of you where that's called a soul tie. You could use other words to, you could use that to explain it. Here's a good example. Let me share one. Okay, go ahead. Has anyone had a baby? I swear, (laughs) I swear (laughs) that my kids could sense in the middle of the night when I was awake, if I turned my heart to them or thought of them at all, they would wake up and cry. And and I know that they weren't awake. When they were nursing. When they were nursing, they would know that I was up and thinking about them. And then they'd be like, mom's up. I got to be up with her. You know, I think that there, it was because of the connection and that soul tie is like, they just could feel, they could sense, they would know when I'm thinking about them, they would just be like, bing up and ready for mom. Or similarly, (laughs) there's so many times Amy and I are thinking the same thing at the same time. And we're, and and we actually say, were you reading my mind or was I reading yours? 
because it, it, it's a chicken and the egg who thought of it first. And then the other one of us caught the same thing, but it's, I don't think it's two independent thoughts very often. It's, um, no. yeah, Annalie, I had babies that would do that too. That's soul ties. That's soul ties, man. So they're, they're connected to you in the spirit. They're connected to you in the spirit, which means this is like, you know, um, when, uh, uh, when Persia came to conquer Babylon, what they did was they actually rerouted the Euphrates river and then they walked into the city. They didn't even need to go through the gate. They just walked in under the riverbed. And so it was like, um, this is like that. <laughs> and they took the city in a day because they could, like, the whole army's in the city. What are you going to do? Um, and that's what we get to do with soul ties is we have a back door. We have a gateway into our kids' hearts, into these deep places within them that God has given us this access. And a lot of times we're talking about unhealthy soul ties and breaking those and cleansing those lines. But this is a good soul tie. It's good to be tied to your family. And you can use that and say, like, here, here's maybe a, a way that you would pray and just say, God, in Jesus name. I declare blessing and wholeness and restoration over my kids. I release those things through these soul ties that God, I release such a blessing into their lives that it breaks every form of darkness off of them, that it cancels every attack that's come against them, that it uproots every lie that they're believing about you and about themselves. And God, that it releases the spirit of truth into their lives to speak to them until it conforms them to your design for their life in yeah. Jesus name. Yeah. And sometimes the way that I pray and use those two, this might sound a little outside the box. Um, it's not something that I usually pray with them. It's when I'm alone in my quiet time and praying and, and using that soul tie, um, I will pray and just be like, uh, like Adoniah, I speak to your spirit now that you know that you are loved, that you are following the ways of the Lord. And I will just begin to declare the things that I want for her. And I just speak it right to her spirit because, you know, our, our physical body is only one part of who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're driven more by <laughs> our soul and our spirit than we are by our physical body. And so sometimes we just speak right to the to the heart of that person yeah. um, in the spirit versus in the natural. And I just want to say as a footnote on all of these before we very quickly do the last one, but um, all of these can be used for good things. It's, I mean, we're using a lot of the negative examples because like most people were driven to prayer <laughs> instead of doing it proactively, just to be honest. Um, but you can do this proactively um, and, and we're feeling more and more challenged to do that and proactively praying over our kids to see the good become better mm -hmm. instead of just seeing the bad get redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there was a season that we were uh, in again with one of our kids. I'm not going to tell which one, but we um, I mean, we have an amazing connection with all of our kids. Many of you have met all of our kids, but this one was going through a season, man. It was probably a good 10 months of regular, just very violent, yeah. angry outbursts. Like, I hate you. I want to kill you. I wish that like, there's no God. He doesn't exist. 
And I wish I was I dead. I wish I was dead. I wish my family was dead. And we were all just, um, Annalise says, uh, man, that's powerful and works at any age, whether living at home or not. Yes. Yes. yes very much. Yeah. You can use those soul ties no matter where in the world they are. Or that whether is, they will even speak to your or face. Or whether they will even speak to your face. It's one of the really, really powerful um, ways to pray. I actually uh, prayed in a ex uh, who was not in our family anymore and had been gone for 19 years. And I began to pray, uh, just speaking to his spirit. And next thing I know, he called. Two weeks later. Two weeks later, he called <laughs> and uh, restored some relationships that were broken uh, in, yeah. in my family around me. But anyway, going back to this issue with our one of our children who was very much um, having extreme anger, death threats, uh, just hating. I've never had a kid say, I hate me <laughs> before. And we're just like, this is demonic, straight up demonic. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I mean, we have worked every angle. We've prayed all the prayers. We've done all the things. Um, I just actually want to share a couple of resources because sometimes when we get to the really, like we're really, really at the end and we just don't know. And we've tried everything and we prayed all the ways that we know to pray. Um, I grabbed this book. It was called, um, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, you can see this, but it's Partnering with Heaven, Praying for Your Children. This is by Tammy Hawkins, and it can be purchased at um, uh, store.imissionchurch.com. That's store.imissionchurch.com. Tammy Hawkins and her husband are like the lead intercessors at the Mission Church in Vacaville, California. They also had these um, partnering with heaven children's declarations. And we, I, I just, I began to daily read this book because I needed some encouragement and I needed some prayer strategy that I yeah. didn't already have. And I began to put his name in these declarations and just praying that um, daily because truthfully, we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against the spirits and, and principalities. Right. And a lot of times when we get some of these things that are just, I mean, when, when you're talking about killing and death, that's demonic. Or hating God. Or hating God. Yeah. Like that's, that's not that's, a physical or a, that's, that's not even a will of the child. Right. That's a demonic voice speaking. Right. And so um, I began to just really pray and intercede to lay the groundwork to help uproot this thing. And then there was one day um, we were again, just in this argument. It was like every word that I said, there was this rebuttal and, and fierce argument but getting twisted but it and it was all twisted and yeah. i finally was like in the name of jesus i bind the argumentative spirit and i cast you out in jesus name and it was like he went to argue again and his mouth went B -b 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 <laughs> and nothing came out <laughs> and i was like yep there it is and so when i actually told that demonic spirit to go in jesus name it left and something broke and he became a new child in that, that, I mean, it was almost that like overnight. Was it was yeah. done. It was done. There was no more hate. There was no more death threats. There was no more any of he that was back stuff. To nor his normal totally self. normal. So yeah. again, we don't even know what the root what was of the, the door, door or any yeah. of that, but 
when they start speaking those things, you know, you need to move into spiritual warfare. This isn't just the Lord parenting. bless yeah. <laughs> parenting. This is, this is spiritual warfare and then go get your tools, get equipped and, and treat it with warfare. Yeah. And so just to leave you, I know we're already over time. Thanks if you're sticking with us, <laughs> but we just want to leave you with some testimonies. Um, so it, Amy's couple of brothers, um, 40 years old, They're 40 years in old, their 40s lost as saved. Easter eggs. Um, I, I just love that phrase. Um, but, but I mean, it, whatever you think of when you think of like, yeah, they're really lost. Yeah. It, it was both of them. And, um, I mean, one mocked us for our faith. Um, the other one was like living with a, anyway, we don't need to broadcast all the specifics of their situations on the internet, but it, like, um, they were very lost, just su suffice it to say that. And, and, uh, and we never said a thing to them. We just kept treating them normal when we'd be at family get togethers or whatever. But we started with our kids, our kids said, we want to see more miracles this year. And so we just started praying for lost family members and some other stuff that was easily measurable. Like we'd know if it was a miracle that it happened. And within two, a year, two years, of praying for both of these brothers, they both got radically saved mm -hmm. and they're both like solidly walking with Jesus now. Yeah. Um, and my mom, you know, obviously my mom and dad were praying too. And my right. mom would say like, she just would keep calling in the promise of God. If you know, and, and she would say, God, you said that if I train them in the way they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. And yet my children have departed. And so she began to call on the promise of God to pull them back in also. Yeah, that's great. Yep. And both of them got saved within the last two years. So praise Jesus. Yep. So I, then I was recently listening to a podcast conversation between Chris Valentin and Seth Dahl. Seth Dahl was the children's pastor at Bethel Church for a long time. And uh, and they both grew up basically in fatherless homes with a lot of fatherlessness issues. And, um, and Seth said at one point he was, you know, as lost as lost could be and intentionally running from God, doing everything wrong that he could possibly do. And, and he'd be like at a party, um, even at his own house and there's drugs everywhere. And a friend is passing him a crack pipe and he's trying to take a hit on it. And this voice would be so loud inside his head saying, don't do that. No, that he actually put the pipe down and he would go to his mom and say, mom, you need to stop praying for me because there, I want to get in more trouble than I'm getting into and your prayers are stopping me. Mm -hmm. And of course, you're not going to, the, the mom's going to keep praying at that point. But the point of the story for me to share the testimony is your prayers do matter. Mm -hmm. Pray for your kids, no matter what's going on, no matter how lost you think they are, like they are not that lost that God can't do something or that your prayers have no effect. Come yeah. on. Your prayers are powerful and effective and they make stuff happen. Yeah. So final story, a couple of years back, I was working at uh, a new company and one of my coworkers there started telling me a story about the power of prayer. Her adult son had decided that he wanted to be a woman, took on a different name, started wearing women's clothing. And eventually um, the parents, they were devastated because they're a Christian family and they didn't know what to do. And they said that they never 
really addressed it with him. Like they didn't want to sever the relationship. They wanted to stay in connection. So they would try to love him and whatnot. But they said that they began to research spiritual warfare and just begin to pray in the spirit and, and, and really cutting off lies of the enemy and praying for a refreshing of his understanding and, and things like that. And they literally said that they just spent two years on their knees, praying powerful spirit-filled prayers. And all of a sudden, without anything from them, he changed his mind, came back to the Lord, became a man again. And like it changed his life, but it took the mom and dad choosing to go ahead and really fight the fight in the spirit and bring him back to redemption. So no matter what you're dealing with, whether you got little toddlers and all you're doing is just blessing them right now, or whether, you know, you've got kids that are wayward and lost, there's so much hope. uh, And and we just encourage you that that power of prayer is is very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. And, And give yourself grace that this is beyond you. It's okay. God did not create parenting to be done without him. It is humanly impossible to do it as well as we all hope to do. You're going to need God. So he knows that he's eager. He's ready. He's waiting. And just, we just got to come grab hold of the resources that he's already offering. Yeah. And Mandy says, wow, amen. Yes. Yes. Those are really powerful and incredible testimonies. And so we just encourage you guys like partnership with God on raising your kids. He's a, he's a good daddy and he knows how to raise good kids. Right. Yeah. So let's just pray for (laughs) you guys and then we'll sign off for this week. So Jesus, thank you that you have purchased this for us, that we get to be your kids. And just like any good father, God, you don't want us to just be stuck struggling through these things on our own, but you have wisdom for us and you have power to save. So God, for all of our families, God, I lift them all up to you right now that we would see you move powerfully in the places that we can't touch, that where lies are deeply rooted, God, you would break the stronghold. God, where where rebellion and generational curses are at work, God, that you bring the cleansing of the blood of Jesus and you release the blessing of, of generations. God, that, that you are raising up matriarchs and patriarchs to begin new family lines that walk in blessing instead of in, in curse. God, that, that in each and every one of our homes, you are bringing your redemption. And, and God, we bless each home Uh, represented in in listening to this right now. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll catch you next Friday.